All right, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and side hustlers everywhere. A lot of you, you know, are invested in real estate. You guys know I talk a lot about investing in real estate. We talk about finding recession proof, you know, business opportunities and business models, and certainly cash flow real estate opportunities as well. So we've got an amazing expert for you, an author, someone who is an absolute expert when it comes to real estate, going to help us navigate the tricky waters of real estate coming into this fourth quarter here in 2022. So Chris Prefontaine is a multi-time best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, and Sell with Authority for Real Estate Investors. He's also the founder and CEO of SmartRealEstateCoach.com. He's the host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast, been in real estate for 30 plus years. His experience ranges from new construction in the 90s to owning a realty executive franchise, running his own investments, commercial and residential and coaching clients. And then after the crash of 2008, maybe a little bit similar to what we're going through now, Chris re-engineered his entire business to weather all storms and economic cycles. Understanding these challenges, he helps students navigate the constantly changing real estate waters. And today, he runs his uh, own buying and selling businesses with his family team. He, he buys about two to five properties a month. So they are in the trenches every single week. They also help students buy another 25 or 30 properties every month. So I'm super excited to welcome Chris Prefontaine to the Seven Figures Club podcast. There are over 32 million businesses in the US and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thanks, Leo. Pleasure to be here, everybody. I hope we can uh, deliver some really good nuggets for everyone. No question. Well, the audience is always interested, Chris, to kind of connect with you at the beginning. What were some of the uh, events, steps that happened maybe as you were growing up and, you know, learning the ins and outs of what you wanted to do with your life? What led you down a path towards entrepreneurship and kind of that independence as, an, as a real estate investor? Yeah, I mean, just exposure. I think that's the answer to a lot of people's path. But my exposure was uh, family businesses. My dad had a welding business, not real estate. Uh, but during his building of the of the business, which he took over from his dad years ago, uh, he built buildings that would house the the what he needed for the business and then rent them back to himself. I didn't get what that meant when I was little. I was like, what do you mean? It's you. You, you rent. But now I get it. It was pretty smart. Uh, so I was around that and I was around people that like real estate. So way back in the 80s, I remember I was in college and I picked up out of the deal. And that was way before any political issues were there. Right. So nothing to do with that. And that got that got me really itching to do real estate. And so I, I always wanted to be in it. Even though I went to college, I, I went to college to go to college. But I always wanted to do real estate for sure. And that's that was the exposure back then. Absolutely. So you kind of grew up around it. Your dad is is into real estate. It sounds like he's very entrepreneurial. And you're kind of seeing what he's doing. You're in college there in the 80s. And, and uh, of course, New York real estate. Uh, and, and you're kind of an East Coast guy, right? So yes. what, what were some of the uh, things that you saw happening in the world at that time in the U.S. and the real estate markets that made you think, dang, you know, there's, there's something there. I don't maybe want to do traditional business. I want to become an investor. 
And I think a lot of people, whether they are a business owner or not, or they uh, are looking to get in more into real estate and, and they see the stock market down, you know, 25%, uh, you know, year to date in 2022, they see all these different things happening and, and markets and they want to be in something that has a bigger upside. So what was what were some of those upsides that you initially saw that made you think, you know what, going all into real estate might be the best bet? Well, I mean, I, this could be a broad answer, but I try to keep it honed in. The fact is, if you look historically, fortunes are created when? When there's market changes and when there's turmoil. And, for, and fortunes are created where? A whole bunch of them in real estate. Like, there's no secret there. And so I think you said something at the very beginning about the market and, and or the turmoil or recession proof. The fact is, if you get really good at understanding that this, this stuff happens, like a norm is, a constant is, the market's going to change constantly. So if you get really good at pivoting inside of any market, you don't panic when the market changes. You get excited about it and you know how to capitalize on it personally, but also help a whole bunch of people, which is why you can capitalize on it personally. So I just saw there was all cycles all, as I was growing up, right? And there will continue to be cycles as long as you and I are around. So that, that got me excited because that's opportunity, not panic. No question about it. So there's a lot of different vehicles out there. There's a lot of different categories when it comes yeah. to real estate investing. You're kind of an expert, uh, you know, in a lot of different areas of real estate. But but what are some of the specific areas that, you know, someone who really wants to get more involved in real estate, maybe they maybe they bought a home and they they upgraded and they kept one as a rental and and they're like, oh man, I, I wish I could, you know, do more. But they're they're struggling with time or they're struggling with knowledge. Where's where's a good place to start? in terms of the right strategies and the right category of real estate that someone should look at investing? Well, I, with some hindsight now, I'm biased, right? So coming out of the 08 well, crash where I bought, I was a realtor, I was a broker, I did my own investments, developments, but coming out of the crash, I learned the hard way that when, you, when I did all that, or if you're listening and you do all that conventionally, meaning you're signing on bank loans and or using your own money, there's no reason to have to do that. And unfortunately, you might learn the highway like I did, because when, when the market shifts and you're personally signed on bank loans, and I was on a whole bunch of them, like 20-something of them, then you're going to get hurt some shape, form, or fashion. Whereas now, coming out of the crash, we, we started re-engineering everything to, to what you alluded to earlier. And what does re-engineering mean? It means no using your own personal credit, no signing on bank loans, and no using your own money. It doesn't mean going to borrow from someone else either. It means doing everything with inside of the creative real estate niche and the creative real estate niche for us, there's a whole bunch of offshoots is owner financing, lease purchase, and then what they call subject to existing financing. So those things don't require me to sign on loans and pledge my personal credit and risk my personal credit. So if I can tell you, Leo, put my head on the pillow these days during this market where I know I control, you know, 60, $80 million in real estate at any one time, but I'm not on any loans compared to controlling maybe a fraction of that, but being on every loan, that's a different night end or day's end because there's a lot of stress with that. And I promise you, it's not the banker's fault. They're doing their job. When the market shifts and or the bank shifts strategy, they got to go to the personal guarantor and that's you. And so I just oh, yeah. tell people, do not, do not, do not, unless it's for a personal residence, sign personally on that and do not think you're strapped time-wise or money-wise to, to enter creative real estate because you can I'm not going to say no risk and I'm not going to say recession proof, but with little risk and recession resistant, that's how we built this niche that we've trademarked a lot of pieces in, Leo, too, to help people navigate all different markets. 
Oh, this is sounding really good to a lot of people right now, especially those of us who, you know, maybe uh, bought and sold and, and uh, signed on the dotted lines maybe in the last uh, year or two on some new mortgages. So one of the things you talk about is the ability to buy and sell real estate on terms, a little bit different, a little unique. Unpack that for us. What does that mean to buy and sell real estate on terms? Yeah, so let's just so we don't go too advanced with that sub two subject two thing I use. Let, let's just talk yeah. about owner financing because most people have heard okay. about that, Perfect. or even lease purchases. Those are both, by the way, Lil. If you pick up the built the book that uh, what's his name Anderson Cooper just wrote about his family, they have mansions here way back in the 1800s, yeah. right? So he talked about in the 1600s that the Vanderbilts were in New York City before banking doing owner financing and lease purchase. So people say, "Oh, is it new?" No, it's not new. It's been around for a long time, and so. A lease purchase is nothing more than you controlling a property via via a lease purchase document. And our lease purchase documents are designed with a $10 deposit, $10 deposit. Mm -hmm. So you control that property, you, you're on title, but you, you're not owning it. It doesn't pass. And then, uh, so you don't have any money down. It's a very good first kind of foray into real estate, not using my money strategy. You just go learn the skill set. And I'll give you a quick example. I think the real examples matter. I uh, just hung up with, with a gentleman, Brian, in Illinois. Brian was an elevator salesman for like 20-something years. And he came in with us. And even though he had some background and some 401ks and he was set up well, he was risk-averse. So he did his first nine deals with the lease purchase. And every single one of them had a $10 deposit. So I don't want people to think that that's like, that's a, a stretch. That's the norm in our community. And amassed like over 800 grand in his first eight deals. That's pretty cool. And so you can Very do cool. it and you can do it. And if you're out there thinking like, Brian, hey, I got I to gotta somehow escape my job here, plan my escape. We can show you how to do that. That's what we specialize in. So that was a little bit more than you asked on the, but on the least no, purchase. That, that's that's fantastic. fantastic. So instead of the old way of doing things where, you know, you get under contract, you go get the mortgage, you have your down payment, you go through the appraisal, the title, all the different uh, process of buying a property. There's a quicker, faster, easier way to do it when you find the right opportunity where you can do a lease purchase. You're not having to come up with a big down payment. You're not having to jump through mortgage hoops, and yet you have control. And I think that's the, the key word that you talked about there. You control the property without having all of the risk and so forth. So what are kind of some of the, uh, what are the upsides and, and are there any downsides to that type of strategy? The lease purchase, um, I'll go to the downside first, because the, when I talk about okay. financing, it's totally different. You own it. When lease purchase, reality is, I, let's just say I'm buying Leo's home through a lease purchase. At some point in two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever term Leo and I structured, he has to sell it, me as the buyer. I'm going to want to have that home cash out. We do it by rent to own buyers who need time to get qualified. Mm -hmm. COVID has drove that number through the roof. Interest rates have drove yes. that number through the roof. High demand for us right now. Yes, they have. So yes, they have. If we're going to cash that property out, eventually Leo has to sign the deed, right? I'm not, he owns the house. So have we've had people pass away. We've had people leave the country. Like, so there is some, it's not a bad thing. It's just that there's a few more hoops to jump through to make sure that gets done. Um, so that would be the downside. Um, poor, uh, poor choice of deals, meaning you don't do your due diligence on deals. We, if you're with us, we're going to have you back and be on it with you. But poor choice of deals can be a bad downside. Um, on the upside, man, it, we you're creating to your point for ten bucks. You're creating what we call three paydays. We we have a three payday trademark system, and they average they like fifty grand to two hundred fifty grand per deal. They're not small profit deals. So 
that's a huge upside that you put $10. It's like creating it from thin air, really. And I don't mean to make it sound easy because you have to learn the skill set. I keep saying that. But once you do, that's a pretty sizable uh, upside return that, let's say, Brian got on those first eight deals. Yeah, no, no question about it. So he's controlling these different deals. He's not having to put a big down payment down. And then eventually the exit is instead of you, you know, having to again go through and, and get a whole mortgage and look at long term, because you've been able to hold on to it for multiple years, you find, you know, someone who wants to also kind of uh, do a lease to buy, they put maybe a down payment down and then they make a payment that's uh, bigger than whatever your mortgage payment is and you're cash flowing and you got yeah. the, the return and you still control the property. And then at some point, maybe they actually end up closing on the entire deal and then they cash out the rest. Or if they don't, uh, what happens if they don't? What happens if they fall behind? Yeah. And, and by the way, what you just described, and then I'll talk about follow is the ideal business model for any entrepreneur, right? I don't care if you own a restaurant, you sell, you have a, a hot dog stand, it doesn't matter. If I say to you, hey, I can show you how to start a new business with little to no uh, capital and you can create money now, money monthly, and then money long-term. I don't know anyone who would say, yeah, I, I'm not interested in that. So what happens if they fall out? And be, trust me, with COVID and other life events, we've had this. So during the process, let's just say it's a three-year term. Let's take a basic deal. And uh, you're my seller still. My buyer's in the home and my buyer was only accepted in the home because our third-party qualifier said, hey, their situation is this. And because of this, we're going to have them fix their credit or get seasoning with the banks, you know, time with a new job, maybe. And that's perfect plan. But life happens sometimes. I'll tell you our, our fallout rate to your question is two to 5%. That's very strong very, very in this industry. Very. very. So what, what can get in the way? Death, divorce, COVID. We had two out of 60 in COVID. That's not bad. Two out of 60. Because these are buyers that aren't renters looking for an out. They're buyers looking to get to the finish line. They just the Two of them just couldn't do it. They literally were affected by COVID. Um, what do we do? You can do a number of things. Every deal you can pivot. In, in our case, you can extend with the seller. You can right away sell conventionally. We've done all these things that I'm that I'm mentioning for pivots. Um, if it's a lease, if it's a lease purchase, you can turn that into actually buying the home from the seller, uh, subject to their loan staying in place. And now you have that for 20 years. There's all kinds of pivots you can do. The, the point is what I said earlier when you when you brought me on is knowing how to pivot in deal structure in any change. That's the key thing here. And that's why I said I get excited when things pivot and change, because now I know how to do that inside of the inside of the, the, the turmoil, if, the, if that makes sense. It does. So, Chris, the last two years, we've seen real estate prices across the country as a whole almost all go up quite a bit. Now we're starting to see a little bit of pullback. And so during that period and, and maybe years between, you know, we've all seen the, the flipping Las Vegas, the flipping this, you know, flipping properties and, and all the you know, money that can be made or lost in those types of opportunities. What are some of the risks where, you know, people are still continuing to try to do, you know, flipping and rehabbing and, and yeah. all those types of strategies right now? Because I remember 08, 09, when a lot of people were still trying to do that. Hey, I was one of them. And that ended up being a very high risk thing to be doing. And I guarantee you, we're seeing the going to see the same thing, in my opinion, the next 12 months. What are your thoughts on that? And, and what are the risks that people need to be aware of and start thinking more creatively and following your strategies? Yeah, I have some opinions and it's not, please understand if you're a flipper or a wholesaler, I have great friends that are in those niches. They've been on my podcast. So I'm not, I'm not stepping on anyone with that, I, but I do have a strong opinion on it. 
just like you coming out of 08, we got beat up and to the point where I said, okay, if, if, if we're going to enter the market, you know, what are the rules? How are we going to operate? And, and so some of the risks right now, before we talk about the new rules would be, um, look, the, because of all the shows you mentioned, I'll, I'll blame that. I'll blame HGTV. The margins have shrunk a lot. Everybody right. has to pick up our hammers in the business. And then the wholesaling business did take off during this little run we had. But without going too deep, the model of that, a lot of the great wholesalers that were big, I'm talking $10 million businesses, their model was to sell to some of these bigger companies like the, the iBuyers and these different big companies. Well, that's gone because they're not going to they're not going to buy and overpay with the market going the wrong way right now. So you have yep. hordes and hordes of wholesalers going, oh, my gosh, I had a huge business. Now I don't have the cash flow. And they're coming over to creative real estate. Why? Because we keep saying it can pivot and move in any market if it's done right. Um, so to finish that kind of that piece off, why is creative real estate so important to be good at, to get that skill set? Well, if I buy a home and I like my building, I'm not in it today. I'm at my home office, but the building I bought that my companies are in, I bought owner financing. It was free and clear. And I have a 20 year deal. I don't care what the market does in the next five years. I don't care what it does in the next 12 years. Cause I know in 20 years, I'm going to have so much principal pay down. It's recession resistant to anything, the way we structure it. Well, you know, we structure mostly principal only payments to, to put a little teaser out there. So when I do long terms and I'm hammering down the principal that heavy, I don't care what the market does. So the answer is we're telling the students structure five and seven and 10 year deals, not two, because that's that, yeah. this is too much unknown. So I don't know if that makes sense to your question, but probably a long answer, but. I think it does. I think that what the audience needs to pay attention to is it, there's this romantic idea that gets everybody so excited. I'm going to flip it and make this lump sum of cash. And that's great. And it can be done and it can be done all the time. But the problem that happens is when the market changes like this, you get left holding the bag and you can lose so much money so fast. And when you are in it for the long run, which is exactly what you're teaching everybody, it's I'm going to make cash flow every single month. I'm going to, regardless what the market's doing, I'm going to bring in more you know, cash flow, more rent for each property than what I have to pay in a mortgage or any other fees associated with that property. And over time, we know we're going to win. But if it's a short-term horizon and something like today, like 2022 happens, yet we're going to see a lot of real estate investors in a lot of trouble. But those who had the long-term perspective are going to be in, in really good shape. So it is. So that said, is now a good time to invest in real estate? And you just said things are heating up for you guys, exactly. which sounds really exciting. Yeah. Um, so, so make the case for what you know why people should be more interested now than even before yeah. about getting into creative real estate. I'll hit some high points, and and before I do that, let me say this about you. Made me think of it when you answered when you commented. What the other big thing that if you're wholesaling or or flipping. It's one check. Please understand, it's transactional. You're doing a deal and you're getting yes. a check. Albeit a good one. I had a lot of good years. I've been at this 31, but mm -hmm. I'm saying it's better to have the cash flow that you and I just talked about, this, the three payday system. It's way better. So now I don't have a treadmill where I'm transactional. I'm sorry to say, but that's like a job. So just think about that. Secondly, as far as yes. the economy, now let's go general on creative financing. There's a bunch of things happening. You can call it a perfect stone, call it whatever you want, but here's what's happening. You mentioned interest rates creeping up to, to the seven. Well, if you look historically, 50-year uh, industry uh, average of interest rates, it's 7.7. .7. We're not there yet. Now, 
here's what's even more interesting. Third time in 50 years where real estate is not just a supply and demand, but third time in 50 years, it's an affordability problem already. And we're not at 7.7 yet. So that tells me a couple of things. Number one, you just took with these rates going up like they did six months ago till now, you took off the table hundreds of thousands of buyers off the table. They were borderline to afford it. Now they can't. And now they need the pathway that we provide. What did that do at the same time if they're off the table? All the sellers are going, what happened? Where where'd these buyers go? They're calling. The amount of people, Leo, coming out of the woodwork, the woodwork meaning, you know, our people have been calling and the market was hot. They are screaming back to our investors now going, we need your help. This this is not selling like I thought it was. The prices aren't, I don't have the buyers. Realtors leaving companies calling us saying, what do we do? Can you teach us how to do this? This is huge for us. I don't think in 31 years I've seen such good timing. I called it the perfect storm, but it's great timing right now to be in creative real estate. And so when you look historically, fortunes are created with people that know how to pivot like this. How about now being a time where you look back forever going, that was cool. And I, I was able to get in on that, that wave when I could versus, oh, I wish I did it, right? Because we all do it. We all see that and do it. Oh, yeah. Now, you talked about uh, three paydays, something that you trademarked. Explain what it means. How does this three payday system work? Yeah. So this was one of the sort of the things we put in a box when we said me personally at first, it was just me saying, okay, what do I want to do if I'm going to get back in real estate aside from not doing banks and all that? One was I'm not getting paid once on a deal because again, every January I'd go, oh, I got to do this again to make the same income. Three paydays act like this. When we install a buyer in the home who truly deserves to be a buyer, they just need time. Big difference. Not a wannabe renter, but a true buyer then we get a down payment. They're buying a home. They just don't have, yes. they can't get title or mortgage yet. Uh, that averages for us, I'm going to give you our family averages, but some of the students are much higher. I'm in a lower end market, is around 35 grand. Then the payday two is what you alluded to earlier, the spread between what I'm paying on the underlying debt or the seller and what I'm collecting from my buyer as they're getting mortgage ready. That spreads about 300 bucks, 308, I think it is for us on average. Yeah. And then payday three is really cool because payday three is the markup on the property from when we bought it and all of the principal pay down throughout the term, which is super lucrative. And so these, the, I said earlier, they range from 50 to 250 on all three paydays. Our family team's like 75 to 78. I just got off the phone. Now this guy's not far from me, he's in New Hampshire. I did what we call a deal structure video where we outline deals, we expose everything. And he's done his first three deals in the last like two and a half months. They all broke six figures, all three of them. Uh, one was the lease purchase, one was an owner financing, and coincidentally, one was the subject too. He did like one of each, and they all were over six figures. That's pretty cool. That's the three payday system. Very cool. Very awesome indeed. So you talked about controlling up to $80 million of real estate with uh, your Wicked Smart community and not having to put a ton of money down or, or sign on loans, which just sounds amazing. So I'm sure at this point, everybody's mind is blown and, and is racing and they're thinking, dang. So Actually, while a lot of people, you know, tend to freeze and pull back in uncertain times like this, this is when a lot of wealth is created. And so for those in the audience listening, saying, wow, I'd really like to learn a little bit more from Chris, where's a great place where they can connect with you and get that information and take that next step? Because the most important thing on our podcast, Chris, is we don't want everyone to be passive listeners, learning yep. about cool stuff. We want to be active action takers, making progress towards joining that seven figures club. So what's the next step? Yeah. And just first of all, bravo to you guys, Leo, because like 
just talking about seven figures, some people mentally that's going to help. And I, so I, I just want to applaud you guys for doing that. Um, if they can deal with listening to me with my accent in New England for another hour, they can go to our free class. Just go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash masters class. It's an hour of sort of be, go back to the beginning because Leo and I are hitting some high points. And how do you, how does this work? Like, how do you get leads and what does it mean? And how, why would a seller do this? Why would a buyer do this? It's all in there. It's an hour. It's on video. Um, and then I'll give you some resources towards the end for free. And what I told you, Leo, at the beginning, and, and I put this link together, we have the, the best-selling books. A couple of them will mail out physical copies. And this is not one of those links that you hear advertised and then you go to get it for free and you got to pay shipping. We pay for shipping. It's our cost. You'll get a package in the mail. Just go to Wicked Smart Books, wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash Leo, L-E-O. And you'll get that package. Give us a few weeks because it's got to go through uh, Sue who runs it and get it out to you. Uh, but you'll get the physical copies. You'll enjoy it. My story's in there. Our tactics are in there. Our skill sets are in there. And you'll have plenty to digest. All right. So that was Wicked Smart Books. Was that what it was? Wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash Leo. All right. I am typing it in now. Wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash Leo. Get that free book, get in the system. Also, smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash masterclass. And this is the action we're talking about. And this is when a lot of wealth is created. A lot of opportunities are going to be coming your way. And, and, and I think even more with your creative system where there might've been some hesitancy and a little bit more work required. Now there's going to be less hesitancy and and, and so many people who are going to, you're going to be able to really find some high quality deals. In fact, you're going to have so many deals available as long as you follow the right system. And that's the thing, guys. There's two ways to success. You can go through the school of hard knocks. You can find someone who's already got a roadmap and say, Chris, can you give me directions? And that's exactly what, uh, you know, Chris and his community are doing, guys. Well, Chris, really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast and so many amazing uh, value bomb. So what's what's the last word or the last thought that uh, somebody should consider as they're taking action today? Um, as we were talking here, I'll give you just three quick pointers to, to take action on because I love that you have them take action. I, it doesn't matter if this niche is for you or not, but whatever it is you're going to do, and it doesn't have to be in real estate, just do these three simple steps. One, find something you can get behind, in this case, a niche, but it could be any business or industry that you can get passionate about, that fits with your why, your values. So that's number one. Number two, once you decide that, find someone, I think, Will, you alluded to it, that's already done it. Like there's there's new money since 08, meaning new investors that have started things since 08. I, I would caution you. Um, I've been through three or four cycles, some serious life events. And so I tend to think that when you seek out someone like that, again, I don't care if you're opening a restaurant, someone's been there already. Go seek them out and make sure they align with you personally, though, so that they have a well-rounded situation. And third, put the blinders on for 36 months. That's it. Just put the blinders on for 36 months. You can't screw it up if you stay with that group, person, or entity, or whatever it is, and you do that for 36 months and don't get caught by the shiny object syndrome. Amen. Great stuff, guys. Take action today. Uh, get that uh, book downloaded. Move forward. And I'll tell you this, guys. I, I don't believe there's a better, you know, more sound investment than cash flow real estate and I love the way Chris and his team are doing it. They're doing it with low risk, with high rewards, um, not having to have tons of cash available. And there's going to be so much opportunity over the next 12 to 18 months. So take action. And we'll see you guys next time on the Seven Figures Club podcast.
Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.